Warning, the following podcast contains coarse language and spoilers for the film and the title of the podcast. Now playing movie reviews in 20 cues. Hello, you goddamn fantastic people, and welcome to the podcast, Movie Reviews in 20 Cues, the show where we review a movie by asking 20 weird and wonderful questions about it. I'm your host, Sam, and, well, as you guys can see by the name of the podcast, we are doing an episode on Pretty Woman. And if you're going to do an episode on Pretty Woman, you've got to go out there and get the sexiest street walkers you can find, first of which is Emily. How are you, Emily? Oh, boy. Wow. Great. Good. Thank you. Good Lord. <laughs> Good Lord, Sam. You couldn't for once just say I had to get the prettiest woman I could find. Exactly. And so I had to also get the opposite, which is Liz. How are you going, Liz? Okay, that's worse. Somehow that's worse. Do you see how that's worse? I guess you couldn't say that we were the prettiest woman that you could find because then Stacey would be on this uh, podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Where is she? Bring her in. She's she's pretty woman. She could do she could do the hair. Yeah. Yeah, she could. I must admit, You definitely I did, can't. When we were driving back from my mate's 40th, I did say to her that I was going to introduce you guys like that. And she was like, can't you just be fucking normal for a change? <laughs> oh, my God. Thank you. I, this is why I love your wife. Like, well, there are many reasons, <laughs> but that's one of them. Um, anyway, Pretty Woman, we had, to do, we had to get you back for this one, Emily, because this is like your forte, isn't it? Aren't you a Julia Roberts like fan? Isn't she in your top five, ten, maybe? I don't know if top, about top five because, but she is in all, like, I'll see anything she does. I saw her in that wig in Mother's Day, especially 90s Julie Roberts. There's just something there. And I would have been mad to listen to this without hearing myself. That's fair. She- <laughs> I've got to say this. I was over on TV Travis's podcast, Wait, You Haven't Seen. This was a film I hadn't seen because I felt like I'd already seen it by osmosis because you sort of, you know, the cheesy lines, you know, the. You work on commissions, don't you? You know, you, you know so much about it that I was like, I never felt like I needed to watch it. And then I realized Julia Roberts and Richard Gere, I could probably count on one hand the number of movies I've seen of theirs where they star in them. Like I both of them together. Know. No, no, no. Like both of them, like separately. Like if I put a list of all the Richard Gere movies where he's starring as the lead, it's like the Mothman prophecies and that's about it. And then for Julia Roberts, like putting aside all the Oceans movies because she's not like the lead lead. I'm like, I, I can't name. Aaron Brockovich, My Best yeah, Friend's man. Wedding. The, is she in the Pelican Brief? Maybe not. Yeah, I, I think she is. Though. You haven't seen My Best Friend's Wedding? I haven't seen My Best Friend's Wedding. have oh, not seen Aaron Brockovich, and I feel terrible for not seeing Oh, it. we have to do both of those. They're fantastic films. Notting Hill? I no, I haven't seen Notting Hill, Hill. Actually. Oh, this is great. My boyfriend's going to be thrilled oh, that we have to watch. We have to, oh, we've got to add all of these up because... We've got to just watch all of these. I really like America's Sweethearts. I like John Cusack. He's really I love cute that, in that movie. Yeah. Yeah. Sam- there you go. There's a revelation of me. I, literally probably five or less. Easily. Um, Found Sam- Louise. I've seen... Oh, no. That's not her. That's Sam- Randon and um, Jimmy that. Davis. Yeah, I know. I'm getting my redheads mixed up. Sam, are you? is this just making you want to end the podcast altogether? We're, now we're listing off all these Julia Roberts movies we're going to be doing soon. <laughs> yeah. You're like, and this brings us to the end of Movie Reviews and 20 Qs. What is the last episode? I don't know how to tell anyone this. Uh, I'll happily delete <laughs> everything from the internet and go on, go on with my life and fucking watch those films. Don't just worry, just... Emily. We'll take over. We'll take over and we'll make it bigger and better than ever. We'll make Movie Reviews and 20 Qs great again. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's not get too carried away, Liz. Uh, scores for this film, 7.1 out of 10 on IMDb, 65% on Rotten Tomatoes, 51% on Metacritic, but Google users, 89% liked this film. So there you go. That's probably more representative of the public. Uh, if you haven't heard this podcast before, usual blurb, what we do is we review a movie by asking 20 questions about it. Oh, we start with 10 that can be applied to any film. We then move through three personal questions before finishing on a Patreon question. One we always start with, compliment sandwich. One from good, one from bad, and one from good, if we like this film. And I've just realised we've skipped over the plot, but everyone's seen this film really, haven't they? You hadn't. No, Emily is here for this. Emily, you need to do the plot of this film. Okay, the basics are, Julia Roberts is a prostitute, or is that what we're supposed to say now? Sex worker. Julia Roberts, she's a sex worker. She's living her life, doing her thing. Rich Richard Gere shows up in a borrowed car, weirdly. He doesn't have a car because he's just visiting. He's very, very rich. He can't find a girl who will put up with how much he works, so he pays Julie Roberts to spend a week with him and go to all his little work events with him and be his nice little girlfriend. And she's like, whoa, the good life. And she has some of the best hair that she's ever had. Uh, It's great. 
And she and she goes, ha, 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 when those pearls get snapped on her hands by a psycho. That that scene was ad-libbed, uh, as I discovered when the other podcast went on. It was ad-libbed. Richard Gere did it just to give her a fright. A psycho. Yeah, psycho. he is. I can't stand the cunt. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you have the rumor about him in New Zealand? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've heard that one. I wasn't sure how 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 hyper local that one was. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's travel boundaries borders. Mm-hmm. It's, it's gone everywhere. That one. That's globalized. <laughs> it is globalized. Anywho, uh, let's get on to the questions. As I mentioned, the one we always start with: compliment sandwich. If we like this film, which is one for good, one for bad, and one thing good. Uh, if we super love this film, we give it the hyperbole sandwich, which is one thing good, one thing great, and one thing good. And if we didn't like this film, we give it the shit sandwich, which is one thing bad, one thing good, and one thing bad. Emily, as our beloved guest from across the pond, no, not across the pond, across the ocean, why don't you start us off? Why don't you give us your sandwich? I am going to do a compliment sandwich that I need to couch with this fact that this is a good movie, but there are two better Julia Roberts movies, minimum. So you can't go too crazy on this one because it's great, but it's not even her best. Uh, But first thing good, the plot doesn't matter. What happens in this movie doesn't matter. The charm, the chemistry, the charisma – that's all that matters. Not even Richard Gere for me does nothing. Julie Roberts is carrying all of that. Like her magnetism is what makes this movie. Uh, the bad is all of the dialogue is the worst dialogue on the earth. Everything they say is insane. It's not how anyone talks. It's awful. It's so bad. Um, but Julie Roberts says it and you buy it because she's so great. And the other good thing is, this is like the epitome of 90s movies that we don't really get anymore where it's just totally charm. I feel like nobody has this kind of charisma anymore in movies. We don't have movie stars who just like win you over. That's why everybody was so pumped for Top Gun Maverick because Tom Cruise, as psycho as he is, he has like that thing. No one has it. I miss it. I miss Julie Roberts. There, there. <laughs> there, there, there. Well, how many pearl necklaces are you going to give this Pearl this necklaces? Movie? I chose that for a reason, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to give it a solid 8,100 pearl necklaces. Solid. Would watch it if it was on TV. Not 10,000. Over to Liz. All right. um, Just a note on that dialogue. I promise you I've seen a film recently that we will be covering on an upcoming Patreon episode that had worse dialogue. I promise you the dialogue was worse. Oh. Sam is almost catatonic with laughter because he knows exactly what, what I'm talking about because it was dire. Yeah, go sign up oh, to our Patreon wait. and you'll get to witness me and Liz have a mental fucking breakdown, which is funny because we haven't <laughs> even recorded it yet. It's, we're recording it after this. We know. And I know we're going to have a mental fucking breakdown. Like if you thought that we didn't like Inconceivable, I'm pretty sure we both hated this movie more. We'll see. Anyway, yeah. um, on to my sandwich. Um, my first compliment is going to be that I enjoyed the majority of the soundtrack. Uh, there were some really quality songs in there, um, really um, sort of reflective of the time, used really well. So, I, yeah, I thought that was um, really a, a massive pro for the movie. My negative is that I'm actually just like, also not the biggest fan of Richard Gere. I don't find him that hot. And I don't think it was very emotive. And frankly, I actually wondered if Edward was meant to be autistic. Like, he had that like very sort of rigid approach and I just sort of thought is they, are they trying to do something here and I googled it and apparently not but I'm just saying because honestly uh Julia Roberts character really felt like she was maybe meant to be ADHD so I don't know maybe that's just my uh personal interests coming in there but there you go uh anyway and my other compliment is going to be that I found the side plot quite interesting like what was happening with the deal I quite like all the different elements of that. I, I thought that was really interesting. They should have um, explained a bit more about that. Maybe I should watch more films about corporate greed. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I am going to give this movie 7,771 pearl necklaces. I liked it. Man, Liz, if, I've, if you're into corporate greed and illegal activities, I've got this movie called The Godfather that I reckon you should watch. I reckon you'd love No, <laughs> I did not want to watch The Godfather. Stacey there we go. told you. Twenty Since minutes. Pretty woman, you guys I can go back the other way and do the Godfather next time with me. <sighs> On to me. The good thing, uh, the pacing, the pacing of this film, like 
I usually, about an hour or so into a movie, I stop it and I go, okay, how much long is left? You know what I mean? Because I can kind of see where it's going and all that sort of shit. Whereas this one, like, it skipped along. Like, I was an hour in and then got up and went to the toilet. And I was like, oh, cool, there's another hour left. Like, I wonder, wonder what's going to happen. Like, I knew what was going to happen. What am I fucking kidding? But, I like, <laughs> I, but I enjoyed the pacing. Like, they, it kept it fresh and moving, which was pretty good. Now, uh, the bad, I've also written cringy dialogue and I'll cover my other much worse thing later, which has already been hinted at. But the other good thing is I love the supporting performances in this. Like, Jason Alexander rocks as this, like, schwammy little shithead. Like, he is, like, purposely built for that role. He's perfect for it. Hector Elizondo as Barney. Fuck, he is the man. He is yeah, so definitely. good. But, of course, yeah, I mean, Julia Roberts. Like, the entire film is based on the premise that she can carry this. And I was surprised to learn this was only like her second film. What was her first? Mystic Pizza. Oh, of course it was. It was like her second starring vehicle. She was only like 22 or 23 at the time. And for me, Julia Roberts, like I mentioned, I've never gone out and watched her films because I always find her sort of like Renee Zellweger or Sandra Bullock. Or like there's, there's a plethora of Hollywood actresses where I'm like, they're so sanitary. And they don't really do much in terms of risks and going out there and doing crazy characters and shit like that. And this performance, like, I, I didn't realize it was as X-rated. Well, it's not that X-rated, but I didn't realize it was that out there as it was, you know, in terms of, like, her profession and what she does. It was like, holy shit, like, this is Gen- Julia Roberts, like, really trying something. And fuck, I loved it. I thought it was a great warrior journey for her. Uh, it's a score out of 10,000, 7,800. Pearl necklaces. Pearl necklaces. A lot of pearl necklaces. There was a scene yeah. with a lot of pearl necklaces and, yeah, 7,800, about that. Like, I can see why it's a classic and I've got questions mm. about whether it should be later, but, mm. I, I, yeah, it's an enjoyable little film. I wouldn't go out and rewatch it, but if Stacey put it on, I wouldn't complain. I'll put it that Do you way. think you're the first person to ever call Julie Roberts' role in this a warrior's journey? <laughs> well, it is. Like she- <laughs> I, I agree. I, you said it and I was like, oh, yeah. I don't think anyone on the earth has ever said that before, though. Oh, probably not. Absolutely probably not. But she goes from this, like, broke, living with a woman who's, like, spending all her money, d- isn't really sure of herself, you know, $100 an hour, $300 a night. Like, what the fucking maths is that? You know what I mean? Like, she's, like, and she Good goes deal. on this voyage of self-discovery and becoming this awesome, better person. Oh, no, I'm going to spoil my answer if I say anything more. But it's, it's a warrior's journey. It's totally a warrior's journey. Yeah. Anywho. Anywho, sure. let's move us over to question number two, which is what, Emily? What was the biggest dick move in the movie? I'm going with Edward negotiating the price of Vivian staying with him for the week. Like he couldn't afford five grand, so he bought it with her. Fuck off. Like that just pissed me off. I know it's supposed to be a cute moment. (laughs) But no, like he could have just gone a five grand, you know, because. He was like, oh, I would have paid. Oh, did he say I would have paid four grand or something? But no, she asked yeah. for five grand at the start, didn't she? I think she went yeah. for four. He said two, and then oh, they agreed right. on three. And she said, I so, would have yeah. stayed for two. And he said, I would have paid four. Yeah. And I think that was supposed to be cute, but I was like, you're a fucking son of a bitch, Richard Gere. Yeah, why are you Eat a dick. nickel and diming her? Yeah. Exactly. It's like Rude. it's walking around money for him. There's no importance whatsoever to him. Like for her, it's an, you know like life changing, but for him, it's just like, yeah, whatever. I'd like to point out, by the way, obviously we're discounting the uh, attempted sexual assault. That's too easy. That's why <laughs> yes. I haven't chosen that. Yeah. I want that to be clear that yep. obviously that is the biggest dick move, but it was too easy. That we didn't all just go, uh, that was fine. I mean, that wasn't great, but do you know what I really hated? <laughs> yeah. No. Anyway, Sam, what about you? I went with the one which was kind of obvious, like the roommate stealing her money while she's asleep and then buying drugs. But then I, I remembered like segueing into <laughs> oh, another yeah. part. Oh, I need to ask Emily this. If if you see a murder in an alleyway and you're from out of town, do you stop and just start taking photos of it, like like those those tourists from Florida or whatever? Like Hank Azaria has a tiny little cameo in it, in which he turns around and tells off a whole bunch of tourists from Florida who are in LA, and they're like, "Oh my god, it's a murder in an alleyway of a prostitute!" Yay! It's like what the fuck. In the '90s, I would have said no, but now uh, people would definitely have their phones out and be recording a video of the dead body. So I don't know. Maybe that was what was happening. I have two things to say here, and that's number one: these people were from Florida. I'm not really sure what else you'd expect. And yeah. two, I actually kind of have done that myself by accident. Uh, me and my mother in Morocco. Killed a prostitute. We... No, took a photo of a body. Oh, okay. I, do, I, I I don't kill prostitutes by accident, Sam. But like. <laughs> Jeez Louise. Uh, no, um, me and my mum were in Morocco and we were walking down this sort of alley and there were these 
men coming towards us all dressed beautifully in white and there was this really elegant looking thing. And I was like, oh, this must be some nice ceremony or something. So I took a photo and some guy was like, no camera. And I'm like, oh, sorry. And then I realized that they were carrying like a shrouded body on like a stretcher. And I was like, I am a garbage human. And like, <laughs> oh, it was the oh, worst. Liz. I know. Liz. Liz. Oh, dear. So Emily, what was your biggest dick move? In the movie. My, <laughs> mine is an extension of Sam's, which is, okay, Laura San Giacomo, I don't know if that's how you say her last name, takes all the money that they have in their toilet tank, except for $1. She leaves $1 in there, so Julie Roberts pulls the thing out, sees cash in it, takes the cash out, unfolds it, it's one single dollar. Just take that last dollar, Laura. That was the biggest dick move that you put $1 back in there, like, here you go, Julia, I left this $1 for rent. <laughs> but it's it's the nineties. That one dollar could have bought her like a packet of condoms or like a car or something. Isn't that how cheap shit was in the nineties? That's my vague recollection. I just was so I was just so offended by that one single dollar sitting in there. It was such a massive dick move, right? It was so horrible. <laughs> it was fantastic. Uh nice. question number three, what do you got? What is it, Liz? All right, question three. It's a fan favorite. What quote from this film would be the worst to hear immediately after having sex? I've got two, and I think one of them's a little bit obvious that you guys might have, so I'm going to go with one, which is, look, I'll tell you what, I'll be back. We'll do broccoli tomorrow. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm not into vegetables. Gross. I'm just trying to imagine what sex position that might be. Oh, no, no, it's not a sex position. It's a vegetable. It's oh, a, it's I like broccoli. It's of broccoli into something. Oh, oh, I just thought you meant eating it. I'd be fine to eat it. No. The it way he says we'll do broccoli. It's got, it's got like little bits on it. I don't know what I'm saying, man. Don't. What about yours, Emily? This ain't a buffet, kid. Oh, yes, I thought <laughs> of that one. It's awesome. I've got three. I'm going to go with, I just saw a girl pulled out of a dumpster. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. What's your one, Sam? Well. Your other one? Oh, you could pay me now and break the ice. Nice. Okay. Well, the other one I could go is finally, you just can't turn tricks forever. That would or be you work on commission, sad. don't you? Yeah, you work on commission, don't you? That's another good one. I actually had to, I was like, that would have been probably the best thing to hear after sex. It'd be like, I put in such a noteworthy performance that I work on commissions. <laughs> No, you Sam. Must work on commission. <laughs> That's not what they would have meant if they said that to you. I already know that. Yeah. Without having sex with you. I'd like to point out I've never had sex with you, so I wouldn't know, but I, I know. I, I don't think anyone was wondering that, Liz, but thanks for pointing that out. <laughs> Cheers. Question number four. What was the most insane leap of logic in this film? It, it, that a store would turn down money. I don't care how savvy they are, especially in LA, Beverly Hills. As not to brag, but I lived there and they don't care. People, rich people in LA dress like shit. They're in like sweatpants or you don't know who's the son of who, who's making what movie. They would never be like, you can't shop here when they do work on commission. That's insane. Yeah, that's ridiculous. As I totally agree. Yep. Fair enough. What about you, Liz? Okay. So mine is that a man who can't properly drive a car with manual transmission or even operate a hotel keycard, has the mental capacity to be a successful corporate raider. Yeah. <laughs> he really was incompetent, wasn't he? Such a moron. He was such a good example of white men failing up. Yes, absolutely. And it's funny you bring that up because my one was very similar. The fact that like he's supposed to be the super smart dude, but then when he's like trying to find his hotel, he stops and pulls over and asks some homeless dude for directions. It's like oh, yeah. a guy dumpster diving. He pulls out. It doesn't go into a gas station. Doesn't go into like a shop. Stops and like stops and asks this homeless dude, and then he stops and asks prostitutes. It's like how clueless to the world is this guy? Extremely. And you're honestly watching him drive that car just hurt me. It hurt me deep inside. Hmm. It hurt Julie Roberts' character, too. She was like, oh, my God, you don't know how to drive your billion-dollar car, you dummy. Yeah, <laughs> what a dummy. That is true. Um, the, the other one I had is, like, she's poor and broke, yet she can afford a wig that manages to hide that, like, mop of hair that she has. Like, oh, the fuck. I had that, too. I said that her hair would fit under that wig. Because she yes! takes the wig off, and he's like, ooh, because better, which also a dick move. How rude. Better. What are Okay. But 
that little tiny thin wig to hide her luscious mane was nuts. That was fucking insane, right? Like, when you see her the next day, when she's, like, just fully frizzed out, you're like, how? How? What the fuck? How? How is that possible? Where, yeah, where was it? It had to go somewhere. And Absolutely. why were they covering it up in the first place? It's so pretty. Like, yeah, I don't know. Anywho, that moves us over to question number five, which is a Patreon question. The first of our Patreon questions. This one comes courtesy of Dan Brennick. And I'm going to cut Liz off right now before she says mean things about him because he can wait for <laughs> Patreon episode to see to hear what Liz has to say. Anyway, what's this question, Emily? Who was the true MVP of the film? I would be surprised if we don't all have the same answer because I think it is Barney, the hotel manager. Yes. Yeah. Yes, he just saved absolutely. It from, he saved it all from going to shit. He maintained it. He was decent to her. Well, mostly. There were a couple of bits where I was I, like, you, don't be an asshole. But mostly he was pretty yeah. decent and he just sorted shit out. Uh, the, the biggest dick move was Hector Elizondo being so nice to her and then, well, kind of, yeah, an asshole to her at first, but nice. And then Richard Gere being like, she's on my knees, whatever, bye, instead of being like, I get it, you're kind of like trying to help me out, you helped her, but he just kind of like dismisses him because he's like, oh, I'm the manager, sir, would you like my card? And Richard Gere is like, eh, no. But Hector <laughs> yes. Elizondo was the best... And it's the exact Tons. same role he plays in Princess Diaries, and yes. I love it there too. Yes, he does. You're so right. And yeah, he's great. You're he's so right. Great. I love Princess Diaries. I've never seen it, but it's great. Oh, we have to do that <laughs> oh, one it is. too. Yeah, Fuck. add it to the list. No. Yeah, I mean, he, he was my, my obvious one. I mean, I mentioned how awesome he was at the start, but like, he had the opportunity to be the subplot of like you know, the scheming hotel manager and like you know they're constantly clashing and all that sort of shit, but to actually take him, take her under his wing. And, like, just completely transformer was, just, you know, awesome. Nice job. <laughs> the, uh, the MVP of the film carrying it into forever and making it a uh, part of culture, I feel like, is that me and sales lady? <laughs> oh, totally true. Yeah. <laughs> so that Julia Roberts can tell her, big mistake, huge. And now that's, like, the most quoted line. So then that lady, we don't know her name. We don't know the actress's name. She probably never worked again. She's probably dead, actually. But she's part of it. That's dark, but fair. Yeah, the, the other one I had was Larry Miller as Mr. Hollister. You know the the shop owner where um he's like, <laughs> what does he say to her? Like, like is this going to be incredibly bad or offensively bad or something like that in terms of like offensively outrageous? And he was obscene. like, obscene, obscene, isn't that's it? Right. obscene yeah. amount of money. Yeah. yeah, and then he has to suck up to him, and then Richard Gere's like, no, to her. Yeah, <laughs> not to yeah, me. yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Larry Miller, and that role was just, like, fucking perfect. Yeah. Then you would love Princess Diaries, where Larry Miller plays that same role. Anywho, let's move us over to question number seven. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just going to skip six. I'm just going to go to the end of the podcast before these guys get more any more suggestions. If you want to get a hold of us, you can find us on, well, nowhere, because I'm deleting this podcast. Thank you. Bye. Rude. I think we're very funny. No, your, your movie suggestions are getting worse by the second. Uh, question number six is a Patreon question, though. It comes courtesy of our mate Julio of The Contrarians. The Contrarians are an awesome podcast which rage against the Rotten Tomatoes machine, so they take a beloved film, argue why it's shit, and then offer their real talk at the end, or vice versa. Anywho, what's his question, Liz? All right, his question is, what is your most controversial opinion about this film? You guys have already started talking about it. Richard Gere sucks. He sucks so hard that there is literally zero sexual chemistry or romantic chemistry between these two leads. Everyone talks about this as like a beloved romantic comedy, you know, between these two, but it's not. It's like, it's the Julia Roberts story. He almost becomes like the side character to the point that mm -hmm. we barely see them together. And when we do, it's like, hey, you got to come to dinner with me. Hey, you got to come to the polo with me. Like, we don't see them learning about each other and really interacting, aside from that first time when, you know, she's talking about, let's watch old movies and vegetate or whatever. But, like, there's just, the second half of the film, he just goes AWOL in a lot of ways, and I can't stand him. Fucking, honestly, swap him out for another actor at that time, I probably would be putting this almost hyperbole category. I can't believe that this movie, you like, we think of it as having so much charm, and it's literally 100% Julia, because I wrote down the same thing, that... Edward is a sack of shit. The character is awful. <laughs> Richard Gere is awful. He doesn't deserve happiness. I want him to jump off that building. Like, everything's the worst. And that should make me hate this movie. That is such a big piece of the film that 100% does not work. And yeah. yet, I love it. Like, she somehow carries – she somehow cancels out his bad energy. And we remember it as this romantic movie only because of 
Her face when he snaps the pearls. Her face when he goes up the fire escape. Her like her reactions to him saved him. Like she saved this man's career. And that's such incredible talent. <laughs> he could literally have been so anyone, true. right? They literally could have put yeah. anyone in that role. He was completely unnecessary. My yeah. controversial opinion is that people probably thought um, Edward rescuing Vivian from Jason Alexander assaulting her was like romantic or heroic or whatever. But I was actually really disappointed because all he did was like kick him out. I was like, he should have called the police on the disgusting fucker. The guy was trying to rape her. (laughs) He already, when Jason Alexander was like, oh, you're a president. Can I buy you some time at the polo match? And then he's like, and then he's like, you know, that's my friend. We've known each other a long time. He's my mm-hmm. business partner. Like, it is what it is. I, I told him not to. And she's like, what are you talking about? Like, he's such a – what a turd. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then, yeah, the fact that he just didn't – he was just kind of like, hey, I don't like you trying to rape my girlfriend. That's bad. Get out of my house. The, okay, but it's like the beer fucking minimum. Yeah. Uh- I was literally at a point there. I was like, my controversial opinion was going to be that he should have dropped, kicked him off the side of that fucking building. But then I was like, is that controversial? I mean, I think most people would like to have Jason Alexander, his character had been dropped, kicked off the side of that building. I think that would have been fucking normal. But maybe he could take yeah. Richard Gere with him and save the movie. <laughs> nice. Anywho, that moves us over to question number seven. Stacey's favorite question. How would you guys have incorporated Nicolas Cage into this film? I feel like the obvious answer is at the beginning, as Laura San Giacomo's pimp, any anywhere in that universe, he would have fit right in. It would have been like a perfect nineties role for him where you see a piece of him and you're like, Oh, he's not that famous yet. <laughs> oh my god, I literally have he could be a gigolo on Hollywood Boulevard at the start negotiating a price with a John with frosted tips. Frosted Mind tips. Mind melt, baby. Mind melt. Hit- this was like 1990, though. Like, Frosted Tips hadn't hit till about 1995, Liz. You were, like, way ahead of the fashion queue. He would have been Nicholas Cage Nicholas. is way ahead of the fashion trend. <laughs> way ahead behind. Some people might argue just nowhere on the fucking spectrum. <laughs> but yeah. uh, uh, the, the one for me, I mean, this was the easiest answer I've ever had to write, is the son of the company owner, you know, that he's trying to take over, and they go out for dinner. Mm. How awesome would it be to have Nicolas Cage just lose his shit at Richard Gere at dinner? Just, like, completely freak out at him. And Julia Roberts just sitting there like, okay, <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, that would have been and quality. to talk to him. Yeah, yeah, trying to calm him down. And Nicolas Cage is just having a full cage rage. That would have been amazing. Cage rage. Love it. Uh, next question, also a Patreon question. Comes courtesy of our mate, Nerdrovert. Oh, I love your work, bro. Uh, what's this question, Emily? When was the best time for a bathroom break? I wonder if we'll have the same one for this. Mine was Maybe. as soon as he takes her to the shop for clothes. As long as you get back to watch her show off how much she's bought to the snobby bitch. That bit's good. <laughs> but the clothing oh, the clothing montage, I was like, eh. But this is the Larry Miller part. That part was awesome. Yeah, I didn't. I yeah, Sorry. I don't know what to tell you. Blasphemy. Uh, the, the one for me is when they have a fight and then she gets banged by him on the piano in the like downstairs bar. I was like, what the fuck? That, that could not be hygienic. Like, how do you clean a piano? Because, like, imagine trying to get in all the keys, like, with a wet wipe. Uh, the rudeness of him being so rich that there's eight guys in there and he's like, please leave us alone. And then they have to go back in and clean it up when he's done. Yeah, with exactly right. On what the, the piano keys. I mean, I just think that would be really. What if he, like, just a bit on the piano key? Like, they're not, like an expensive piano. Hoping he didn't. Gross. I, I was just I, really offended by his ill treatment of such a beautiful piece of art. Okay? The next dude goes in there and he's like, why are all these keys just suck together? And why is it only white keys? Oh, no. That would have to be so much jizz, Sam. So much jizz. Hey, man, if I. Uh, uh, come on, 1990 Julia Roberts? Holy shit. Fountains. Oh, my God. Oh. My bathroom break is terrible in terms of timing, but literally the first 10 minutes of the movie, that's just like Richard Gere at a at a work function and then taking the car and leaving. And you're like, why are we here? Why are we starting at Richard Gere's job? It's so weird. Like I was looking up the plot or something for it and it was just like Richard Gere breaks up with his um, girlfriend and then, and I was like, he didn't do that, did he? And I didn't realize that that was the whole phone conversation he was having. He was like, I need you to come out here. Why won't you come out here? 
oh, you're leaving me? Okay, bye. And then he's just like, what the fuck is this? I don't realize. And then he takes a car. It's like, what? Are, why was – you thought this was important character setup? What are we doing? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Anywho, let's move over to question number nine. Also a Patreon question comes courtesy of our friend Emily of the Tasteless Podcast. What's the Tasteless Podcast about, Emily? I compared two movies uh, that have similar themes but wildly different fans, so a good movie and a bad movie, and take that how you will. And I say why my choice is better, and I'm thinking I – how am I going to do Pretty Woman? It's so popular. I'm going to have to think. I've done I've done America's Sweethearts and My Best Friend's Wedding versus The Godfather, actually. Why My Best Friend's Wedding is better than The Godfather was my second ever episode. Wow. Oh, my God, that's fantastic. That <laughs> It's amazing. I can I can already answer that question. It's just I kept watching my best friend's wedding after twenty minutes. <laughs> I did not keep watching The Godfather. You're gonna do an episode of like why Pretty Woman is shit compared to Juice Bigelow, European Gigolo, or something, aren't you, Emily? I love that you didn't even go with just male Gigolo. You went the even worse like sequel. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. I want to go to the sequel. Not the film that has Amy Poehler in a very early role. No, I want to go with the way worse sequel where he goes to Europe. Fuck yeah. Cool. Isn't there a movie called Gigolo starring Richard Gere? American Gigolo. There you go. Oh. Done. I've never seen it. Surprisingly. Never I'd love seen to it. see you argue that. Ugh, <laughs> I can't support him. He sucks. All right. What's your question anyway? Oh. No, you're reading it, Liz. <laughs> that seems weird. Why aren't we getting her to read it? Because it's Too better perfect. if you read it. Nothing makes okay, sense on this fine. podcast. Why should this? That's fair. I want to go last anyway. Um, all right. So what character has gone the longest without showering? It's the woman who's painting the wall and dancing like a stripper in that bar. That like that woman is fried Ooh. on drugs. She is <laughs> she is not doing well in life. <laughs> I said Richard Gere because he doesn't know how to drive a car. So <laughs> he doesn't know about. Yeah, he looked at like, that shower. What are you doing in the bathroom? <laughs> Why are you in the bathroom, Julia Roberts? You're taking a bath. You're you're flossing. What's happening in here? I never go in this room. Are it's you like, taking drugs? Are you taking drugs? <laughs> what the? Fuck? I looked at the shower and. There's this whole device that I need to use to turn it on, this tap thing. Seems really complicated. I don't think I can manage this. He would make the waiters bring him up like a bucket and a rag. (laughs) I wash myself with a rag on a stick. He would. He'd get sponge buffed by like people he's paid for. He he's fucking idiot. He's useless. He'd be talking to Jason Alexander the next day and be like, She climbed into this this device full of water and there was like bubbles and stuff and and then I showed her some pearl necklace and she she went under it. Can people do that? Oh, my God. <laughs> well, I mean, I hear what you're saying about Richard Gere, but I think the answer is it's really bad. I think the answer is probably Skinny Marie, the girl whose body was found in the dumpster. Oh, fuck <laughs> <off>. <laughs> you Did brought you your A-game this week, Liz. I'm proud of this. you. Yeah. <laughs> Skinny Marie. Does that mean that there's a fat Marie, too? I guess. And she's still alive. Yeah. yeah. She's, maybe she killed Skinny Marie to, like, you know, muscle in <gasps> on her territory. So maybe what so I'm she taking. She just be Marie. The yeah, life lesson I'm taking so from this Marie, is. Yeah. The life lesson I'm taking from it is that I should be eating donuts because it's safer to be fat than skinny in this movie, at least. <laughs> I like donuts. Anyway. Question two. Yeah, anywho, uh, <laughs> that, funny Liz brought that up because it is our next question. What unimportant life lesson did you guys learn from this film? Oh, that's funny. I didn't even choose that as my life lesson. So there you go. This is so obvious in this film. And it's that similar actually to your, well, I guess the opposite of your donuts. Uh, Well, no, similar. Nope, opposite. I'm losing my mind. It's that life really does just work out for you if you're hot. Like Julie Roberts walks up to a guy. And she doesn't get murdered. She gets in his car. She stays with him for a week. He gives her thousands of dollars. He doesn't ask her to do anything weird. He doesn't impregnate her. He doesn't let anything bad happen to her for the most part. Like, things just work out for her. She had no rent money. She had nothing. And she's just, like, rocking along, wearing her clothes. Barney takes her under his wing. Like I, And if she had been hideous, she nobody would have helped her. I mean, I hear what you're saying, but you don't know that he didn't ask you to do freaky shit. And I really could see Edward being into some freaky shit, but they just didn't show it so that the movie could be seen by a wide audience. (laughs) 
Uh, I'm just saying. I, I can't. Awesome. Like he, she's like fully trying to like he, she's like I'm a sure thing, and he's just like, mm. and it's like zero sexual chemistry. He just sits there yeah. just staring at her while she's undressing and stuff. Like there's no like emotional reaction whatsoever yeah. from him. He's Was he a- meant to be a virgin or something? Like he had seemed to have no concept of sex or what a prostitute is for. But that's what made it like kind of it could have taken a, a a scary movie turn. Like it was kind of unnerving. I think when you first see it, and I think she plays it really well it, when he first is like, no, let's just talk. And you kind of see her like, oh, fuck, like, what's he going to want to talk about? And then later when she's sitting there laughing really hard at a really good episode of I Love Lucy. And then he comes and just sits on a chair right next to her and looks into her eyes until she like gets on his lap. She's trying to watch TV, and I and you. I was just like, oh, this could go so wrong because this guy thinks that he owns you. Like it was kind of scary because I was like, I don't. It would if he had just immediately had sex with her, it would have been less scary. Yeah, yeah, shit, yes, absolutely. Super weird vibe the whole time. Moving on to more uh, mannered topics, such as the fancy dinner that they went to. Uh, my unimportant life lesson that I learned was that escargot requires some kind of fancy ass tool to eat it, <laughs> which. Yeah. Further cements my life choice to never consume them because yeah. not only do they look super gross to eat, I'm too big a hot mess when eating to be able to manage that adequately in public. That was a dick move too that I feel like he ordered every Totes. single fucking gross thing on the menu. He's like, oh, you are going to let me order for you? Here's snails and garbage. It's like, all right, power yeah. play, dude. Oh, like Rude. that was actually going to be my answer to that. If, if I, he was like, I'll order for you. And then he ordered me a scargo. I'd be like, yeah, this isn't actually going to work out for me. So could you just pay me like pro rata for the time in front of like his companions? Because he'd fucking deserve it. <laughs> Escargo, you can Escargo fuck yourself. Yeah, fuck that. <laughs> Escargo fuck yourself. I love it. You can Escargo fuck yourself. Uh, the, the one for me, I mean, we were talking about how staff work on commission. So, yeah, like the sales staff on Rodeo Drive work in commission. I'm never going to fucking shop on Rodeo Drive. So why the fuck do I need to know that, right? When am I ever going to use that information? I wonder if they still do. Like, I wonder if that's just if you if it's a store where one piece costs over $1,000. Like, that's how it works. I don't know. Those stores are all so expensive and so small. Any store that will give you champagne while you're there knows they're going to make a lot of money off of you. And that's when you got to be careful. Yeah, like what are the only yeah. other places that give you free alcohol while you're there? It's like casinos, places where you're fucking losing money like no one's business. Because they know, they know, yeah. they know. You lived there and you worked for someone that's, you know, quite successful. Did you ever go shopping in Rodeo Drive at all? Yeah, well, not to brag. I mean, we went to Rodeo Drive a few times to pick items up because when you are famous enough, uh, stylists, et cetera, people will give you their clothes to borrow for events. So we would go in like back doors, up small uh, elevators into secret showrooms and be handed something from a new line. Wow. Um, so I have not, yeah, so I have not actually been in the part where they give you drinks, uh, except when I was also wedding dress shopping with with the same boss. <laughs> so... <laughs> But there it's they, they because it's all celebrities there. It's like they have separate entrances, separate parking, separate doorbells where you go and you just get handed something. Good lord! It's amazing because when I was there in the nineties, um, we took a like guided bus tour around Los Angeles, and I remember driving along Rodeo Drive, and the bus conductor was like, "You never know, you might see Madonna, or you might see I can't remember who was famous at the time, but but it's like." It, just having what you've told me now, we never would have fucking seen those people. You're not going to see them just strolling down the street, you know, Rodeo Drive. No. And if Edward's right, anyone with enough money who, like, works with these stores, what you would do is kind of what Barney did but easier is you would go, that person would have everything pulled for you already like a Larry Miller. Or the Larry Miller would come to your hotel room for the days you're in town and t- give you the exact clothes you needed for those days. Like, right. you wouldn't even have to put in as much work as Julia does here and go store to store. Carry your own bags? No, absolutely not. Like, they, they didn't even make it glamorous enough. Fair enough. Oh, that'd be the dream. Uh, anyway, let's move over to Emily's questions. What song choice would change the movie the most when subbed in for Kiss? Which, Sam, do you want to sing a little bit? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I really, I was struggling with this one because I was actually like, I could see him just finding her cute doing anything. Um, and I wanted to stick with like the timing and the mo- like not have something that was released after the time. So it could be in there. 
And I've decided it had to be something like really unsexy, like Baby Shark, except Baby Shark was released afterwards. <laughs> so I'm going with, how much is that doggy in the window? <laughs> the one with the waggly tail. <laughs> yeah, if you saw even the hottest adult lady singing that to herself, with, you'd with be a like, walk, like with headphones and a woman, so choosing to listen to that song and singing. She doesn't along. remember those words. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd bring me much joy. That'd be good. My one was Erasmus. Dude looks like a lady. <laughs> nice. That, that would throw some questions up. That would throw yeah. some questions. Absolutely. Uh, that that yeah. could get interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of gender swaps. Okay. Speaking of, does the movie still work if you gender swap it with someone like Chris Hemsworth? So, well, I suggested not only because we both love him, but because oh, he um, did it so well in Ghostbusters. Yeah. Oh, he definitely plays the himbo type thing very well. Um, but I don't think so. I can't imagine a man reacting in the same way to like the hotel manager um, pulling him aside or like to shop assistants, not letting him buy clothes, that kind of stuff. And it just doesn't it seem ludicrous to imagine a white knight charging in to save another man. Like our conditioning just doesn't allow it. I'm assuming you're meaning like a gay storyline here. I was thinking Chris and then a rich older lady, but I would also watch a gay one. Yeah. I mean, I'd watch both those, but I feel like it would be weird, a weirder vibe. Yeah, I was about to say, because mm-hmm. we have had um, films about male prostitutes before, and they've always been, like, grimy, horrible ones. I haven't seen American Gigolo, mm. but I've seen Midnight Cowboy, and that's kind of like that. Like, that's about a male prostitute who's, you know, like, shit doesn't go well for him. And then, um, like, Cruising, Ooh. Al Pacino movie. I'm pretty sure he plays, like, a gay undercover cop prostitute or something that's trying to infiltrate. I, I, I haven't watched it in 20-something years. I've Yeah. Uh, I have a really good movie suggestion for a charming movie about a male prostitute, and that is... Juice Bigelow, European Jiggler. No, Wedding Date. Is it Wedding Date? Emily, you'll know it. It's, um, is it uh, Dermot Mulroney? Deborah Messing? Yeah, and Deborah Messing, yeah. The Wedding Date. Yeah, yeah, that's charming. He's very sexy. Deborah Messing, now there's a knockoff from Julia Roberts. Yeah. So that kind of is the gender-swapped version-ish. It's like the wish version of Ginger. You might be onto something. Yeah. Yes. Ollie, the Ollie Express version. Yeah, the Ollie yeah, Express yeah, version of yeah, Julia exactly. Roberts. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, except Dermot Mulroney is definitely sexier than Richard Gere. So. There's oh, that. Yeah. There's oh, that. imagine if Dermot Mulroney had been in. Oh, yes. He would have been great. I mean, he was probably too young then, but anyway. That being said, I could kind of see like a comedic version of Chris Hemsworth like being this dumb you know, jock slash male prostitute that gets picked up like, I don't know, like a Charlie's Ferron, like someone that's like a little bit older than him, but not mm. like, because it, it's so obvious the age gap between these two. Like yes, he, and, and gross. And he was 40 or something, she was 23, but it's so obvious, like it's painfully obvious. Well, the fact that mm-hmm. she says, I'm his niece, I was like, really, that's yeah. where you go? Like I would have said, I'm his sister or cousin, cousin or something. Yeah. yeah, not niece. That was like, so she was obviously very aware of it too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Final question. Have you ever had an experience like Vivian does at the store where they judge her? Well, when I was in London, I taught at a secretarial college, which used to be a finishing school. Um, And the students were almost all sort of upper middle class, 18 year old women who wanted to work as executive assistants in like the world of finance and go find themselves husbands, et cetera. Yeah, pretty much what you expect. Uh, We were definitely from different worlds. They were horrified when I accidentally left the stickers on the bottom of my shoes one time. Uh, when I told them that I shopped at Primark. Uh, yeah, we just did not compute on the same level. <laughs> so, yes, I definitely felt judged. But they were nice enough. They just were like, look at this hobo hick farmer from New Zealand. <laughs> so so true. Yep. Uh, the one for me, similar when I was living over in the UK, we went to Wales. Um, we were out on the piss in Wales. And there was me and my mate and my girlfriend and one of our flatmates who's also female, but they, the two girls were trailing along behind us and me and my mate walked into this bar and just as we went to walk in the bar, the, like, the bouncer on the door stopped us and looked at both of us and goes, how are you guys going? We're like, yeah, good. And he's like, okay, you know, can we see some ID? And we're like, what the fuck? So we got our IDs out and they're like, all right, um, you guys can go in there, but I just want you to know it's gay friendly night tonight. So, <laughs> so clearly me and my friend weren't pretty enough to be gay guys so we both looked at each other and we're like 
oh. And then my mate looked at the bouncer and goes, are they hetero-friendly? <laughs> Wait a minute. What about your IDs was going to tell him that you were gay? I've got that's, no idea. It was weird because he, well, like, immediately we got them out. Like when he stopped us, we were like, oh, he wants to check our IDs because there's no cure or anything like that. So we were mm. like, oh, fuck it. We'll show him, you know, and he was just sort of standing there. I think he was trying to eye us up to work out whether we were gay or not. And oh, it was so maybe... painfully obvious that we weren't that he was just like, oh, I better warn these guys. You know, I don't want them doing any weird shit. Maybe it was he was looking to see if you had the same last name, like because you could have been married. <laughs> Maybe. Or he just was hoping that you were like something was wrong with them, so he could ban you. Yeah, exactly. Just turf us out well, of there. Yeah. Yeah. It was fun though. Like went in there, made a whole bunch friendly? of new friends, got a few phone numbers. It was cool. Ah, oh, good on ya. Then got bombarded with dick okay. pics. But anyway, that's another question, another another topic for another day. <laughs> let's, let's move on. Let's move Send on me to some. me. Send me some. No. <laughs> okay. No, you don't want to see these, Liz, no. Uh, anywho, okay. let's move over to my questions. Yeah, I mean, I was kind of hinting it at the start. I mean, this film is held up as one of the most romantic films of all time. It's like a classic of uh, the female demographic in terms of movies to watch. But I want to know, is Vivian a good role model for young girls? I think uh, yes and no. Like, there is good here. She's like a go-getter. She's a businesswoman. She learns to stand up for herself. With better opportunities, she would have been in a different in- industry. Like she could, she has all the makings of someone very successful. I wouldn't watch it with like a five year old, but I think like a fifteen year old, you could watch it and kind of be like, "Look, this was the '90s. This is inappropriate, but still appreciate Julie Roberts what she achieved." So it wouldn't be like I wouldn't probably put a pretty woman poster on the kid's wall but i think it's you can watch it <laughs> so i just have this mental image of this five-year-old bedroom with like unicorns and like like dragons and like a, and a poster of pretty woman um just yeah, walking, my up to a, pretty walking up to a little male friends and like you can sleep over for 300 a night <laughs> like, what? <laughs> what are you doing lord um yeah look my answer's very pretty much the same really um you don't want to glamorize sex work or whatever i mean it's a if someone wants to do it and they're fully understanding of what it is and all of that kind of thing i'm not certainly not against that that's totally fine but you know there's obviously some issues inherent in that anyway though i do think that she is a good role model as a person she speaks up for herself she calls out bullshit she's open-minded she tries new things i think all of those are really good things Mm, yep agreed i don't really have an opinion on it so i'm moving on to my next question which is something i just (laughs) joked about i mean she First of all, I've got a problem with this and that. He leaves this party during the day and it's sunny. And then by the time he gets to downtown LA, like Emily will probably tell us it takes five hours to drive four miles in Los Angeles. But hey, by the time he gets there, he picks up Julia Roberts, takes her back to his hotel. And she says, I'm a hundred bucks an hour. And he starts scoffing at how much, how expensive it is. And then she says 300 bucks for the night. And I was like, doesn't seem right. But I don't know for you guys, how much would you guys pay for a night with Julia Roberts? I mean, it depends what we're doing, but if we're like, hanging out and we're having a fun dinner and she thinks I'm cool and wants to be friends and doesn't think I'm a weirdo who bought time with her, I'd be like <laughs> 500 bucks. Wow. Well, I mean, I'm a pretty decent negotiator. I had a bit of practice bartering when I was traveling, so I think I could talk it down to a couple hundred bucks at least. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm paying over her rate for, uh, I guess, the girlfriend experience of pretending it's weird that I'm Pretend not pretend it's not weird than paying her and like she really just wanted to hang out with me. Oh yeah, you'd totally give yourself that fantasy right of like, oh she just wanted to be my friend because I'm really fucking cool. <laughs> the girlfriend yeah. the girlfriend experience, but with like a space between the words girl and friend. She's like my friend yes, that's I a want girl. Friend <laughs> experience. Julio, how is your husband David Motor? Is maybe his name? Mm. And your twin children? Liz, Liz, we, Liz. We're friends. We know everything about no each other. Idea, Emily's clearly paying for the girlfriend experience, like in, in the traditional sense of the word, like the prostitution sense of the word. Come on, man. Fuck. I was trying to give her an out. I would feel – no, I would feel bad. It's a legitimate job, but I would feel – I would not ever be able to pay someone. I feel like that's not a transaction I would personally want to make. But I would pay f- to make them eat dinner with me and watch a movie with me and – Talk to me. Oh, see, I'm not ruling it out as an option. I see nothing wrong with it uh, if I, you know, felt like I really needed to get laid. It's just that Julia Roberts wouldn't really do it for me for various appendage reasons. How much, how much would Julia Roberts have to pay for a night with you? Really, it's not various appendage reasons. It's one appendage reason. I don't want to give the indication that I require various appendages. Um, yeah, no, but that's a great question, Liz. How, how, how much would it cost for you to convert? 
Uh, about for Julia Roberts. About tree fitty. <laughs> <laughs> about tree fitty. That's all I want. There we go, listeners. We've just worked out that Liz is bisexual, as in bio things that she gets sexual. <laughs> or I'm trisexual, and then I'll try anything once. Oh, especially I'm Julia joking. Roberts. I would not. Although, yeah, maybe Julia Roberts, actually. I mean, she's not bad looking. I've got no anyway. inclinations that way, but if Chris Hemsworth showed up with a bucket, <laughs> bucket of KFC chicken. <laughs> and $350. Oh, no, I don't need the money. I just need the chicken. I'd be fucking good to go after that. <laughs> anywho. <sighs> um, anywho. Yeah, we, we mentioned the end of the film. You know, what happens to the princess after the knight saves her? She turns around and saves her right back. Like, oh, fucking kill me. Is this the cheesiest ending in rom-com history? No, only because there's no rain. If there's <laughs> some, some, a light rain, then it would have been. Yeah, that's a fair call. Do you have a, one that you would choose instead? I don't even have a different one. I just don't even remember this one, even having just watched the movie. Like, this ending does not stick for me at all. That is not the, the pearl stick, the bathtub. Kiss song stick, the the shopping sticks. The ending does not make a dent for me, impression wise. See, I, but it's, it's so see, cringe. It's 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 like a modern retelling of a classic fairy tale theme, like the the maiden being rescued by the white knight, just that she'd fantasized, right? Um, although they are using sex work as a vehicle, which is slightly less uh, romantically fairy tale themed. But I actually like that she was already planning to save herself. Um, before he turned up for her. So I think it actually makes it less cheesy than it could have been. I reckon You've Got Mail is a more cheesy ending. That's the Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan really terrible attempt at remaking sort of Sleepless in Seattle vibes. It's such an inter- incredibly stereotypical ending and it doesn't have any of those same redeeming features. So Is that the one where they meet on oh, top of the Empire State or something like that? That's Sleepless in Seattle. Oh, okay. Yeah, that one's a You've, line, yeah. You've Got Mail is basically they've been corresponding via email, like anonymous emails or whatever. He's like got this giant fancy book business and she's got a little quaint bookstore and he ends up like driving her out of business, but then at the same time becomes friends with her in person. And at the end when she sees him, when they agree to meet up finally, the anonymous people, she sees him coming and she's like, I was hoping it would be you. And I was like, oh, fuck off. Yeah, yeah, I have seen that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I think a contender might actually be, I think it's the very end of Notting Hill when – Hugh Grant says to Julie Roberts, like, I'm just a boy standing in front of a girl. No, because she says that to him. And then does he say it back? She says to him, I'm just a girl. She says that to him. Yeah, I'm just a girl standing in front of a boy asking him to love her. I'm just a girl in the world. Oh, God. Don't bring Gwen Stefani into this. So shit. That that segues nicely into my first question. What about you? What about your questions? My first question is how would you change the ending to improve the movie? Easy, have her move to San Francisco. She's gone on a real hero's journey, as I mentioned, and we just have his limo explodes. You know, his driver gets out to go get some ciggies and his limo explodes for no reason, and that's the end of him. Fuck him. I like that you're saving the driver. That was kind of you. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't want fucking someone innocent to die in this. We just, you know, it's like he's, he's in an empty car park. He's, you know, limo's pulled over, and he's like, I just need to go in the shop 500 metres away to get some cigarettes. And he just explodes, and there's no one around, gets damaged. The only damage is to a car park. And even then, I feel sorry for the civil workers that have to repair that car park. You know, that's kind of shit. What about okay, if, no, no, if, even better idea. Better he slips option. and falls and... No, no, he climbs up that ladder, and because he's afraid of heights, and it's raining now, because, you know, Emily, you know, wants to Good add point. some rain. Let's add some rain in there, and he slips on one of the bars, falls down, smokes himself, lands on his head, and she goes, oh, shit, 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 goes running down, and then pulls his wallet out and walks off. And that's the fucking end of it. That's not bad, actually. I mean, with your first one, you could have had Jason Alexander suddenly turn up in the limo, and they're the ones in the car, and then Richard Gere blows it up to to sacrifice himself nobly to get rid of Jason Alexander as well. So then that could be quite a Okay, yeah, fine. That, let's do that. Yeah. All right, Emily, what's yours? I would do a semi-Romy and Michelle ending, and now Julie Roberts has her own clothing store in Rodeo Drive where she welcomes Ooh. everyone in, and she has all her little weird outfits like that white thing with the Hated that stomach white thing. holes. <laughs> that was so – what a weird cut. What a weird specific cut of a clothes. Yeah. So she has a bunch of clothes like that, and all the Richard Fabus come to that store, and then one day Richard Gere – is walking down the street and they catch eyes and then they reconnect now that she's an established businesswoman and they're kind of on more equal playing ground and now they can now they can reconnect i like that fuck him i don't want them getting together fuck them she deserves better that was i don't agree i mean no i do actually but um my idea was that he would give her a job in the business and then she would be able to like establish her legitimacy 
because he was like, oh, look, you've got so much talent and amazingness. So then um, he could give her a job and then hit on her appropriately within a work environment. That's a thing. Ooh. Okay, next question. <laughs> all right, fine. Um, all right, who is a worse human being? Uh, we've talked about a lot about how terrible he is. The lawyer, Philip Stuckey, in this movie. Or George Costanza from Seinfeld, who are both, of course, played by Jason Alexander. Okay, so I have been watching a lot of Seinfeld recently because I never watched it when I was younger and I, fuck, I don't know why. I've decided to watch it and it's easy to just put on and, you know, watch 20 minutes of fucking 90s nonsense. And I've come to the conclusion they are the same person. Yeah, I can see that. They are as douchebaggery as each other. I honestly cannot separate them in terms of like, you know, okay, yes, he tries to sexually assault her and Georgie Scanza does a ton of all the fucking awful shit. It's impossible to fucking differentiate them. I think George is worse only because he is in Pretty Woman. He is so, so, so much the villain. And in Seinfeld, he's kind of the hero. Even they're like, oh, they're all unlikable, whatever. Don't care. But he's kind of the he's one of the main guys. And you're semi rooting for him as he goes through life and just destroys women and his friends and himself and everyone and is a monster. And it's like, and you have to watch him for however many years he was on that show. I got to put up with him and Kramer and Seinfeld just to get a little Julia Louis-Dreyfus. This is unconscionable. There's too much George in Seinfeld. So that's worse than the five minutes of Stucky in Pretty Woman. Yeah, that's I'm, I'm just going to echo that. Julia Louis-Dreyfus, holy shit, she's hilarious. Oh, she's brilliant. What a talent. Okay, and she had that show. The New Adventures of Old Christine was a great show. I don't think anyone watched it besides me and women over 60. Correct. And then Veep. I mean, to have three horns, yes, she comes from a very wealthy family. It's much easier to get into acting when you don't have to worry about anything. But she has the comedic talent to back it up and is just brilliant. And I barely have seen any episodes of that show because I cannot stand any piece of it besides her. And it makes me angry. She is phenomenal. Uh, my final question is curious what you think the best date was that he took her on. The dinner, the polo, the opera, or the picnic in the park? Uh, th- this is the polo. This is the polo because the rich fucks that we all hate had to go and stomp the turf back to normal. So they had to do some peasantry work, which I loved. I thought that was great. Plus, we get what is always going to be my all-time favorite Julia Roberts scene where she's at the polo and then there's people having conversations. And then she starts cheering, and I've never seen her do anything. It's fucking where she goes, woof, woof, woof. (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck? It was gold. In that like brown dress. I love that dress. I'd look back. It was amazing. Just woof, woof, woof. Yeah. Okay. Funnest to watch opera. Funnest to go on polo off menu when he orders everything for breakfast. When he's like, I didn't know what you want from room service. Oh, so I yeah. got everything. What kind of psycho does, does that? Like, That's so sit weird. Sit in a chair. Yeah. Don't sit on the table. There's a chair over there. It was like, oh my god. Why are you so hateful? They're obviously, you're not supposed to sit on the table, but she's trying to be like flirty and fun. He bought all these breakfast foods and he's like, there's a chair over there. I'm reading my paper. She- oh, yeah. It was quite a funny, like, how much of a running joke it was, just her sitting in all these, like, really questionable places, you know, like, like on his facts and then yeah, on the yeah. piano and then on Richard Gere. It was like, these are some really bizarre places to sit. <laughs> I definitely wouldn't want to sit on Richard Gere. No. Uh-uh. Yeah. I'd love to go to the opera, personally. I, I, there was another favorite scene of mine was when the woman said, how was it or something? She's like, I almost pissed my pants. Yeah. <laughs> Who says that? Like. That would be if you were laughing so hard. That's how she talks to the other. It was I just loved a weird her. concept. Oh, she was great yeah. in this movie. I want more Julia Roberts like this. I want to see Pretty Woman 2. Which I actually know no, that'd be horrible. Is there a Pretty Woman 2? I feel like there must be. No. Wow. It wouldn't work. Shame. It wouldn't work. It'd be like Basic Instinct 2. It was just like, what? I feel awkward for everyone that's involved Ooh. with this movie. No, I've already got an idea for the sequel. You have, um, it's, it's set now. And Richard Gere's just died. And for some inexplicable reason, maybe because he's so terrible with money because he's a complete moron, she suddenly left absolutely broke and she has to go back on the street now and then she's picked up by Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> I would actually watch the shit out of that movie. But she's doing like OnlyFans and all this other stuff. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, this is amazing. Let's do it. Let's, let's make Oh, no, no. Happen. She's like the only one walking the streets and she's like, I don't know anyone here. I don't, where's everyone gone? They're like, they're all on OnlyFans. What are you doing out here, lady? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're like, this isn't how prostitution works now. Sorry. What do you think this is? The nineties? <laughs> exactly. That'd be good. That'd be a good like fish out of water story. I actually would. We're that would genius. be kind of kind of interesting. Yeah. 
I love it. It has to be made. Cool. Listen, movie producers and directors and whoever that obviously listen to our podcast. We are giving you gold. Run with it. We're giving you something. And Emily, uh, there's no need to laugh so hard about that idea of. Yeah, Emily's just wetting herself with the idea that anyone important what uh, listens to us. <laughs> I have. <laughs> See, I broke her. I hope they are. I hope you get an email that's both. We want to make this movie, and Julie Roberts has accepted your offer, Liz. <laughs> she has three fifty, and she's ready to go. Mate, she wants to go out with dinner with you guys fitty? first. Wait, is she giving me tree fitty? Awesome. Yeah. Yes, that was the this deal. This is great. Like hundred percent. All right. And Sam, she's very impressed that you found her attractive in nineteen ninety. She thinks that's very lovely of you. <laughs> it was Oh dear. So big of you. How big how generous. How, how lovely in a description of one of her best acting performances. You said she was very good looking. Well done, Sam. Oh good lord. You, you truly are a man of quality. It would bring me so much joy to know that like any of the actors that we talk about on these podcasts actually listen to them, like go, oh, I wonder what the podcasts say about my movie, and then like go and listen. They're like, I can't believe Sam from Movie and Reviews and Twenty Qs said that I didn't act very well. Like Richard Gere's sitting there just silently crying right now, like just looking <laughs> out a window at the rain, just crying. Richard Gere, if you're listening to this, send Julie Roberts a fruit basket for what she did for you. Between this and weren't they were in Runaway Bride together? I never watched that because I didn't want to watch him. She's the only reason you have anything. Yeah, yeah eat a dick, Richard Gear. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Esco, go fuck yourself. Yeah, exactly. Esco, go fuck yourself. Anyway, <laughs> on to our final question of the podcast. This one's courtesy of our mate, Chris Yenny. Love your work, Chris, especially during live stream for The Cure. You were a very big supporter of that, and it was awesome. Chris's question, what on-the-nose song would you guys drop into this movie and where... Since they already use the song Pretty Woman, <laughs> I would put in the Time Inappropriate song, the Anachronist song, Love Don't Cost a Thing, when he comes up the fire escape at the end. <laughs> nice. Could you sing it for us, please? <laughs> I actually am not positive I know how it goes. <laughs> I think it's Beyonce. Love don't cost a thing. Is that it? Yes. Yeah. That's it. Yes. I had like a, a vague sense of it. <laughs> Pretty sure that's not Beyonce. You're welcome. Yeah, look, I don't know, man. That was, isn't that like, yeah, like TLC or something a bit more? I don't know. Yeah, it's Jennifer Lopez. Older. Oh, of course it is. Oh. Yeah, yeah, it is. Of course. Nice. Incredible famed singer Jennifer Lopez. Spectacular. <laughs> um, Sam, do you want to do yours? Because I have two options and I feel like you might choose one of them. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, I had two answers as well. One was like, money, 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 money. But then I, I was like the, you know... What's that song? You can give it to the birds and bees. I like money. Do do. Oh yeah, that's, what that's I a want. good song. Yeah, I would have had that one. I would have had that one when you know they're walking the streets and trying to make some money. Oh, it did need more rap. Did it though? No. <laughs> did it though, Emily? Um, I'm amazed neither of you chose uh, Roxanne by the Police. Yeah, which is I know. going home in the limo. It's that too is obvious. the most on the yeah. nose. So- We're choosing the on the nose song. You know, you don't have to put on the red light. Um, but my other option, if we're not going too on the news, is I Want It All by Queen. When she's about to go down on him and she asks, what do you want? And he says, what do you do? What do you think she does? You dipshit. But um, <laughs> then she says, everything, but I don't kiss on the mouth. And he says, neither do I. And I like I Want It All because I feel like it's a premonition because he does end up wanting it all. That's pretty good. Mm, I thought so. That is true. I actually, when I was writing the answers, I actually did have that Roxanne and I was like, you don't have to put on the blonde wig, Vivian. <laughs> there we go. I love it. You should you should play the podcast out with that song. It's a great song. Vivian. You don't have to put on the blonde wig. I was singing that in the shower and Stacey was like, what the fuck are you singing? That's not the word. Wait, who, <laughs> who sings it? Uh, Sting and the Police. Oh, you should let them sing it then. Oh, I love that joke. Can't I can't believe you fell for it. Fell off my dinosaur. <laughs> oh, that's quite a good comeback. I'm totally going to use that. Oh, that takes now? us to the end. Shut up, Liz. <laughs> that takes us down to the end. Thank you, everybody, for listening. But bigger thank you for Emily for coming over and being our American representative of this podcast. Thank you, Emily. Yay. Thank you so much. Tell us all about pod. Uh, tell us all about Tasteless again. Send us out on that. Tasteless, great podcast. Tastelesspod.com, Wherever you get your shows, 
Uh, please tweet at Sam to tell him my best friend's wedding and America's Sweethearts need to be his next Julia yes. Roberts watches. He doesn't even have to watch for the podcast or with us, but to delve into her world, I think at least America's Sweethearts. That's my plea. He he will probably want to do a podcast to rave about them afterwards. Maybe. I think America's Sweethearts will be up your alley. Look, if- it's John Cusack doing a Nick Cage. That is true. Yes. I have heard that. Yeah. I have heard it's very over the top. I like it. There's some good jokes. There's some quality stuff. Anyway, if you want to get a hold of us, you can find us on Twitter at Movie Reviews In. Alternatively, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Movie Reviews in 20 Qs. Or send us an email at MRITQS at gmail.com. Upcoming episodes. Yeah, me, Mitch, and Co. have been talking about doing Robocop for quite some time. So we're probably going to have a crack at that. And then For Love and Thunder is coming out soon. Holy shit, I'm excited about that. <gasps> me, 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 me. That's my sexual preferences right Chris there, Hemsworth. guys. Yeah. <laughs> Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, Liz won't be on that episode. Fans, I need you to come to my uh, defense here and insist that I make it on there. Fuck no. I need to keep this podcast to like an hour and a half and, you know, so I can edit them easily. It's like I don't need four hours of... <laughs> Uh, admittedly, Nelly Portman I'm not, is going to get a I'm not talking to a baby. I'm not like Nelly Portman. I'll be yeah. That great guns, Emily. This is just what Natalie Portman looks like. Yeah, exactly is. Anyway, she looks. I look ripped. like Natalie Portman, and Chris Hemsworth is hot. Anyway, that is Frank's from me. Thank you from me, especially to Emily. Thank you. Bye. <laughs>